Davis slipping, people. We, we just had a little accident on our on tell, the him, tell him what you did. We were bringing the heat, and uh, the recorder wasn't turned on. But luckily, I noticed five uh-huh. minutes in. Five minutes into an episode. Oh, man. And the worst part is, before we were doing this pod, before we started recording, uh, we talked about what we were going to talk about on this episode. We were going to do a book review of Shoe Dog. Yes. DC told me we've already done that. Yeah. So that's twice that I, told I got caught slipping today. Slipping today. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You're allowed to slip You know, every once in a while. It happens to the best of us. Please troll him <laughs> on the internet. Call him out. All right. He's slipping. But here's the deal. So we've talked about Shoe Dog, um, but we haven't talked really specifically about a couple management lessons. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, because, you know, we love the book and we want you to have it, we're going to give away a bunch of copies of the book, too. Damn, boy. Yeah. I appreciate you sticking with me right now. You're nice to those people. So Our people. Before we get into Shoe Dog, uh, I want to get your take on something that happened last week. Mm -hmm. Give it to me. Uh, Slack versus Microsoft. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to this podcast, you probably saw it, but just in case you missed it. Um, Slack basically came out ahead of Microsoft, who was supposed to announce their Slack competitor, uh, Microsoft for Teams. They took out a full-page ad in the New York Times, Mm -hmm. and they wrote this whole Dear Microsoft letter. Um, The title was basically, Dear Microsoft, wow, big news, congrats on today's announcement. We're so happy to have some competition in this space. Mm -hmm. Um, And you pointed out this was from, this this goes all the way back. Yep, this goes, uh, uh, this was based Right, nothing is new, as we say. Yeah. This is based on a very famous full-page ad that was po- uh, taken out by Apple back in the day mm-hmm. when you guys were still youngins, <laughs> when you still had braces, and Uncle DC had Benzes. Right? <laughs> I was wait, that's good. I was waiting when that was uh, going to come out. Back then, yeah. and it was against IBM, yeah. and it was calling out IBM for getting to Apple's market. Yeah. So uh, last week when you saw this, you sent me a message and initially we were both like, wow, this is, you know, we've been talking a lot about copywriting and old school ads and branding mm-hmm. and positioning. And, and so about this, doing our own. Doing, yeah. And thinking about, do, thinking about doing our own. Yep, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and this is something that struck a chord like emotionally with, with both of us, you know, and, and Elias who saw it too is like, this is awesome. Nobody War. does this anymore. Mm-hmm. But then looking at Twitter and looking at the press, mm-hmm. uh, the overall reaction was negative. Like these are some, so the, the Verge had a headline, Slack shows it's worried about Microsoft with a full page newspaper ad. The next web, Slack sounds scared as hell in its open letter to Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you didn't feel that way. No, I loved it. It was awesome. I love that they called them out. I think uh, it was a little snarky, sure. But I think the message and the tone in there we're good. I liked it. You do, know, do I you think, think people were mad because like, or, or they didn't know how to react to it because nobody does that anymore? Like, it just we're just in a different era of where everything is all good. I think we're in the PC era. Yeah. I think we're in the era where everyone wears bubble wrap and is offended twenty four seven, and they're scared to say what's on their mind, and uh, and we've, we're in the era of trolls and haters out there. But there's one common thing. You know the common thing that all haters have? Tell me. You know the one thing? They haven't done it. No results. No results. Man. It's strange, man. I'm always looking. <laughs> it, I, I'm like, oh, well, it happens I, all the time. I, so I'll get trolled on a, on a thing that no I wrote. No results. I get trolled on a thing oh. that I wrote from the, from the guy who has one follower. Mm-hmm. He's or like, you better work on your game. Has Step never it written up, anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think people are trolling. Yeah. People are offended. People are looking to be offended. Yeah. This is the era of, uh, of looking to be offended, right? Um, and I think it was good. I think it's good to call out some healthy competition. I think people are afraid today to say 
they have competition. Everyone wants to paint a picture of, we, got no, we have no competition, we're first to market, we're the only ones, blah, 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 blah. If that's true, there isn't a market. This you have competition. One of my favorite things that, that we talk about, um, you know what I always notice now? Like any new product that you see on Product Hunt, yep. go, go look today. Like after you listen to this podcast, go to Product Hunt and look. The second or third comment on every single oh, new yeah. product is, well, how is this different than X? Troll alert. Because there's just like, you know, it, we're not five, six years ago, 10 years ago where there was one new app or new product released a week, right? This mm-hmm. is like, it's so easy to make things today that everybody mm-hmm. can do it. Yeah. And what's great about lots of things being made is that each one of those is trying to find a niche. And so like, you'll always have the troll who comes out and says, how's this different than whatever? How's it different than X? Right. How's this different? Uh, tell me why it's better than B. Tell me right now why I should use this. What? I'm not going to tell you why you should use this, right. right? Use it or don't use it. That's the era that we're in, right? Like you can use software and you can choose the software and the brand that you want to be associated with and that you like. And a world of choice is only a good thing in my book. Yeah. Uh, and like this, I mean, this goes back to two of the most classic ads of all time, the Apple and IBM one. Yep. The other one, which I like even more, is tell me. Uh, Avis versus Enterprise. Tell them, tell them, tell, 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 tell the people. So this is a... They don't know about this. Google Avis, we try harder. So Avis Mm -hmm. came out at the time, and they were not the number one car. This is so old, I didn't even have Benz's back then. (laughs) So yeah. Uh, So Avis was not the number one uh, car renting service. Mm -hmm. It was Enterprise. Uh, And all the features were the same. You know, you could make a feature checklist, whatever you want to compare it to, all the same. It's a rental car. So Avis came out and they said, here's why you should go with us. You should go with us because we're number two. Because we're number two, we have to try harder to earn your business. I love that. That was the whole Honest. campaign. Yeah. And just like that, they were able to eat into the enterprise market. And you know what happened after what, that? What happened? Some smart dude, some genius came in and said, we can't say we're number two, man. Let's change this ad campaign. Guess what? They're not number two anymore. Yeah. This is like, you know, I mean, you go back and look at all this stuff. The number one way to address competition is to get out ahead of it. Head on. And that's why... I think we like the Slack thing so much. Yeah. And people, we love something about it that we all love competition, right? We love rivalry. We love sports. We love that that battle. But for some reason, in this new era that we're in, we're all offended. We can't ever say that someone's our rival. We We can't say someone's our rival and shake their hand, right? It has to be, you know, uh, you know, one or the other it has to be binary. And that's not true. Everyone has a different choice. And so people can make choices and we need to accept people and accept the choices that they make. It's funny. We like general, the general population doesn't. But if you look at like, you know, this feels like something Benioff would do, Steve Jobs would do, Bezos, Larry Ellison. Like, Big time. But, but then if I, if, if you say that to somebody, they're like, yeah, but how many people are those guys? It's like, that's exactly the point. That's the point. You know, but the, in the era that Bezos and Benioff and Jobs and some of those people would have done it, it was pre, you know, pre um, everyone being offended, pre troll maximization. Right. Everyone didn't right have now. their own the megaphone. Like, exactly, yeah. exactly. So lots of people may have felt it, but like there's a reason that it was iconic. They stood up and they stood up for themselves and for what they were going after, and they differentiated in the eyes of their customer about why they should choose them. All right, so that's a, I'll, I'll put the link in, in the show notes, but go read it. Uh, tweet at us. Tell us what you thought. 
I know that the overwhelming majority of people didn't like it, but if you did like it, tell us. I want right. to hear from you. I want to hear you. Yeah. It's all, all right. right if you're a hater. We'll still like you. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can choose to unsubscribe. Please hate on me. Yeah, please hate. He needs more. DC is fueled Damn, by I'm haters. Damn, I'm low on haters. It's been, it's been running low. Too much love. Yeah. Too much more love hate. lately. Send me some hate mail. All right. So um, we're going to talk for a minute about Shoe Dog now. Talk to me. We've talked about it. We're epic gonna, book. Epic Go book. Go buy a copy. So a c- couple things. The book, this is from Phil Knight, Nike's, Nike's founder. Um, they wrote the book from 1962 when they launched the company up to the IPO in 1980. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is what I know you love about the book. What's that? This whole idea of like the 18-year overnight success. Mm-hmm. Phil Knight is the master billionaire uncle. That's my super uncle right there. But what you always will say is like nobody wants to hear that story. No, nobody wants to hear that story. Just me and you. It and wa- the people listening to this show. Yeah, the seeking wisdom. Because it's painful. Nobody wants to hear that painful story. They want to hear overnight success. Right. And I love this Phil Knight book. I yeah. mean, this is real. This is, you know, the way that I described it was, this is the hard thing about hard things. One of our other favorite books mm-hmm. by Ben Horowitz. Mm-hmm. That's about software. This is about the same exact idea. But when it comes to physical products, in this case, sneakers and clothing and what have you, it's the same story. And it's the same reason I love it because it's, it is to me and to everyone who goes through this journey, it is what it's actually like to be someone who goes through this, this thing. It's not the infomercial version. It's not the uh, Kim Kardashian version. It's the real version of what it feels like to go through this. So right. it's good to know you're not in the struggle alone. Yeah. So... He, so he has a section in the book where he's talking about doing sales, and he was never comfortable as a sales guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, what did he do? But So I pulled out this quote because I, I want you to speak to this as a, as a founder, basically. You know, sales always made him uncomfortable, um, but he was able to do sales because he truly believed that his product was better, mm. and he believed in, the, in running. Like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, making shoes for runners, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, like, so why was selling shoes so different? Because I realized it wasn't selling. I believed in running. I believed that if people got out and ran a few miles every day, the world would be a better place. <clears throat> so important. So overlooked here, right? First, this idea of finding the thing that you're passionate about and that you believe in, and that's when you start to sell. So people think about selling widgets and selling random stuff and selling whatever product that they put in front of them, and they think about sales in a negative context. But when you're selling something that you truly believe in, I don't think it's selling anymore. No, if you're like, you know, if, if, if you and I are walking to lunch and you have this jacket that's amazing and you love it, you're not thinking about selling me on this jacket. You're like, you know, it's cold out. This jacket's unbelievable. You got to get this jacket. Exactly. I'm enthusiastic about it. Yeah. So I love that. And then the other, the other thought that... Um, I had when I was reading this and Phil goes into how he went door to door and traveled across the country and used his uh, savings from his day job. He had a day job, people. He didn't get any, you know, uh, he didn't have any fancy fundraising or anything like that. So he was doing this on the, at night, how he was pounding the pavement year after year, after year, after year. And I read it and I thought to myself for a second, damn, I'm weak. (laughs) Right. I'm weak. You can sit at a desk. I'm soft. I got to harden up. But the point is like, it's so like you're signing up for the grind. Like it's Mm -hmm. not, you're not signing up for a year project. You Mm -hmm. know, Mm. Uh, this is the whole, like, you know, you did the, we did this episode where you talked about like the story of, you know, walking into the water and, you know, being Mm -hmm. held underwater. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I think the one, I wanted to ask you that because I thought you would react that way because it's true. Like you, you have to sign up, you're signing up for this long-term thing. And the only way that you can put that grind in day in, day out is if you actually really get fired up about what you're working on. Yeah. You fire, you're fired up to be in it and you believe in what you're doing. But I think the second reason, which Phil talks about in his book, kind of not directly, but you have to read between the lines is like he had gotten to a point where he had spent so much time. And he had borrowed money from his father. He had spent so much energy. He had employees, and he still was an employee of his own company. He still had a work-a-day job that he had reached that point that we've talked about in the past where he had burned the boats, where he had no way. There's no way back. No way back. (laughs) I got to make this work. And I think that's what, out of sheer desperation and terror, right, and and wanting the best for the people and the team that you have put together, that's when I see – uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, and creators really win because their back is against the wall and they're like, there's no way out. I've yeah. got no escape hatch. I can't go get a job at Facebook and, and escape my way And he out said of this. the hardest part for him was that the hardest part was hiring the early team mm-hmm. because he said like, I wanted everyone else to feel that same gut punch way that I feel about this business. Yeah. And so, you know, it's hard to find those people and and to set that expectation and and realize that maybe not everyone is going to think that same way. Yeah, man. Tremendous book. Yeah. How can uh, one, you ever read it yet? One last What's lesson. What's wrong with you? Because la- we're going to give them, we're okay, gonna okay, give them okay, the okay. book first. Okay. Um, one last thing before we end this note. He had this line uh, on management. Mm-hmm. Don't tell people how to do things. Tell them what to do and let them surprise you with the results. And I mentioned mm-hmm. this to you. You said this is something that you've thought about a lot over the years. Oh, all the time, right? So this is, uh, you know, you start out as a young grasshopper. And Phil was young when he did this. So I don't know how he had the foresight to do it. But where you want to uh, tell people how to do something, then you grow into this, into what Phil did, which was tell them why you want, what you want done, why you want it done, and let them let them surprise you and see what they can do. And this is like if you read something like the, um, the E-Myth, right? Great book. So if you're thinking about starting a business or you already have, read the, the E-Myth because it basically tells you how to think, just like Phil did, about like empowering people on your team and that's what separates you from building a business, from having a hobby, and being a one-person company. You need to release, and you need to be able to do that. Did you have to see that firsthand? Like, did you have to understand that there are multiple ways that people can solve the problem? Yeah, I think you know you have to. Uh, for me, I had to do it the the wrong way, right? Which is just like um, to be too involved it. Yeah. and to manage it, and then you get burnt out. And this is where people get burnt out, right? Like, uh, I'm not a super believer in burning out but uh this is where i think people burn out and um waste a lot of energy really trying to control every piece of the process instead of empowering the team and letting them rise and then all of a sudden it becomes their solution and they're working hard and they're passionate about it because it's something that they want to do versus something that they've been told to Mm. do yeah all right so let's wrap it up. Uh, we got to give away some books. All right. How, oh, Set the number. Good? I'm going to ask you. How many? Oh, damn. What are you feeling? Putting like? me on the spot. All right. Let's go. I'm going to go with Lucky 7. Damn. Oh, I like this. Today. I like that. Okay. So here's what you got to do. The first seven people take a screenshot of Seeking Wisdom playing. This episode playing. Tweet at us. At Drift. Oh, hold okay. up. I got something. Uh-oh. I got to jump in here. Hit me. If you've already gotten a book from us... Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that, Come man. Come on. Don't be that guy. We're all about learning. We're all about learning. Let some other people get the book. 
This isn't a library. <laughs> yeah. Well, we love you. Yeah. But this ain't a library. Seven new people. Seven new people. Yes. Hit us up. Yeah. We'll get you a copy of the yeah, book. Yeah, paperback, Kindle, Kindle however you whatever read you it. Whatever you want. Yeah. We have a nice little system. Dave will handwrite it for you, I whatever you want. handwrite you a note that maybe, I don't know, maybe. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. All right, so, so anyway, tweet at us, take a screenshot, tweet at Drift. First seven people who haven't gotten a book yet, mm-hmm. we're going to hook you up. Five-star reviews oh, only. 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 Minimum. That's my favorite part of the week. When, that, when we have the app that feeds those reviews into Slack. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. You know, one interesting thing, which we need to put in the show notes here, is what? we're going to put a big, giant link. Here's how you leave a five-star review with a link oh, to we, the right place. Yes. Because we got a lot of emails last week. How? And appreciate yeah. you people. Got my, my boy out in Italy wow. emailing me. Saying, I don't know where to leave a link. Wow. I want to leave a five-star review. Okay. Where do I go? Yeah. So we're going to put a big link in the show notes. Sure. Click on this five-star review. Leave two. Leave three. Leave five of those. Yeah, you sign you in. Sign in under a different well, name. Whatever, like you, you know, know, use your kids' get your iTunes wife, account. Get your husband. Get yeah. your boyfriend. Get your neighbor. Tell them we need five-star reviews. All right. Boom. We're out. Boom.